Guys and gals, I'm joined today by Rob Kaiser from the All Around Growth Podcast. And this is a topic that I absolutely love talking about. It's doing work you love. Now, we're talking specifically about finding effective ways to set goals and how that can facilitate the life you love living. Um, We're approaching it from Rob's perspective, from his personal story of how he has used those goals to facilitate the path he's currently walking. And and I've been connected with Rob for quite some time. I think we first connected maybe through Dan Miller's community, the 48 days to the work you love community. Um, I think we're both huge fans of what Dan's got going on over there, but I'm going to let Rob introduce himself, kind of tell us what, took him from, I don't know, as a kid, maybe high school, maybe, maybe your first job up to kind of, um, what got you, you, you mentioned corporate America and the green industry. So kind of take us from being a young man and, and the events in your life that led you up to that point. And then we'll jump into the, the topics that you laid out in, in the application. So Rob, tell us who, who is Rob Kaiser? Okay. Um, I am, I'm, I'm actively, I'm actively writing a a new chapter in in my life, but, but the green industry has been a big part of my life for at this point, more than half of my life. And, um, and, and I think at this point, you know, what I'm doing in life is just the next, the next stage in that. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, how, so, so I guess I'll just jump right into in into the green industry and in my life and and um, and and all of that. Um, one one thing that's worth mentioning that that I, I I oftentimes don't don't mention right off the bat um, because I just don't view it as a big obstacle in my life. But uh, based on some recent conversations, it it, it seems to be uh, something that that is. Uh, Worth mentioning, I have epilepsy. I have a chronic neurological disorder. I've had it since the age of 13. And that wow. has also been a, an integral part of my life and, and the direction that I took. So um, I'll just mention that right now because that kind of factors into some decisions and in, in the direction that my career took. So I got into the whole thing uh, as a kid because I, you know, I, I dropped out of college. I, I initially got into college on a football scholarship. Um, hated it. Hated playing sports in college. Um, hated the sports or, or the whole college deal. I hated, I hated playing. I didn't, I just didn't like playing sports in college. I didn't like the atmosphere. Uh, and, and quite frankly, the, the competition level was so high that, that I just knew that there was, I mean, I was at a division two school or yeah. Anyways. And I, I, you know, I wasn't going to be a career athlete, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, Very few are what, what, like 0.01% of, of people actually can make a career out of it. <laughs> right. Right. So that was kind of one. I was like, all right, this, this isn't working. And, uh, and I was out of state anyway. So I transferred into, into a state school and started studying philosophy and English. Right. You know, cause that's a, that's a logical thing to do <laughs> that, that didn't work out either. And I, your career and that like, didn't go so well either. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. You know, what are you, what are you going to do? Well, I realized that basically my options were, were, were like, um, uh, be a, basically be a lifelong academic. And, and I had the wisdom at the age of like 18 or 19 to realize that, that 
didn't really sound appealing because that just involved living in in, in those circles and in absorbing yeah. copious amounts of debt. So anyways, yeah, I dropped out and just started selling Christmas trees at a, at a local garden center and then returned to work there in the spring. Long story short, realized I could make a, you know, obtain a career and, and like work in the green industry. Not only that, it was really important for my parents, for me to get a degree. So I went to a local ag tech school, was invited to check that out from a guy at the at the garden center and then um, realized that yeah, I, I could do this. I could get a degree. I could make my parents and society happy. And I think at that point, like 19, 20 years old, that was the first insight that I had that I could actually, you know, it was a realization that I could engage in in a work and a life that I loved. You know, mm. but I didn't know how to balance it yet. So, right. Um, but, and that's, that's basically the, you know, th- that led to an internship and all of that took me to, uh, yeah, I realized I could do the internship anywhere I wanted to. And if I negotiated it properly, I could get paid to travel. So I, that started the wanderlust of my career. And I, I left for Colorado and, um, and decided to go with an internship with a big company out there, which maybe had the potential to lead me anywhere. And that basically led to climbing the the ladder of, you know, into corporate America. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to back up just a couple of years from, from where you jumped in, like kind of your last year or two of high school. Yeah. What was your thought process or what, how did you decide on college, on going into college and what you were majoring in and some of that was, were you kind of pushed that direction or was it simply because of the sports scholarship? Kind of go into that a little bit. Cause I talked to a lot of youth who have no idea what they want to do in their life. And they're like, well, I guess I'll figure it out in college because they're <laughs> so pushed in that direction. What, what was that like for you back then? It, 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 I guess, you know, per, the, the, the way it was for me and the way it was is for a lot of people, I suspect, is that the expectation is that you're going to go to co- like you're going to go to co- you got to go to college to get that degree. And that degree is going to set you up for success in mm-hmm. life. And, and like. It, when I was a teenager, not not doing that. Like what it just wasn't an option because the people that didn't do that, or at least the way it was communicated to me and my understanding was the people that didn't do that were the losers, people that didn't (laughs) do that, you know, and I, 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 I really want to point out too, that, that my whole career, um, I could have done everything without the degree because I ultimately landed in uh, a position worked myself into a position where I was hiring people where one of the minimum requirements was a degree that I didn't even have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, results matter. Papers and letters after your name don't mean anything. Yeah. Yep. It, it often seems to be that way. Um, you know, people that people that go learn a lot, go study a lot, get the degrees, learn how to do the thing, they end up working for 
people who don't know all of those things, but who can put together a business plan and need people that can do that thing. I think it was Henry Ford back in the day was actually being ridiculed at how stupid he was. And every question people would, would throw at him, he'd be like, well, I hired a guy that knows how to do that. I hired a guy that can do that. This guy works for me. He knows how to do that. Talk to him, ask him about that. He had tons of people that worked for him that knew the thing is like, I don't have to know how to do it. I just right. have to know how to find a guy that knows how to do it. And that's how right. he was able to build what is the most successful or was until recently automobile automobile company ever. So it's, it's pretty interesting how that works. How if you want to go do something, you can just go do it. You don't have to have that higher education. You might need specific knowledge, but that'll only take you so far. Right. It's, 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 it's really what, what's up here that, that 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 drives us and yeah. and what's in here really yeah for sure for sure so you're 20 21 22 years old getting started out in the green industry how do you define the green industry like what what specifically hmm. were you doing yes yeah, so the green industry for me um at that time involved the, the world of horticulture and those studies were you know, turf grass management, landscape construction, um, nursery and greenhouse management, uh, you know, hardscaping to a certain extent, like concrete patios, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, basically anything, any, anything that involved the the landscape in any way, shape or form. And then I eventually soon learned that that, you know, breached out into, forestry, urban forestry, utility forestry, vegetation management along, you know, power lines and things like that. So mm-hmm. basically so anything how, with, in the horticultural world. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Because when, when you talk about the green industry, you know, that brings to mind the recent uh, movement towards what people call the green industry, which oh. ends up not being green at all. And so I wasn't sure kind of what you where are you were approaching that from? Oh, you mean yeah, like but, you, you're talking like the big cannabis gamer? What? Yeah. Not, not, well, yeah. no, like, you know, if you, you go green with all the, Oh, like, like, the, um, the uh, environmental. Yeah. Like the environmental, the, the, the green movement or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I'll, that, I guess that term's been taken in a couple different directions over the past, uh, past few years, but yeah, historically that's, that's always what, what the industry referred to it as. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, it always seems when you have a good term like that, it gets co-opted <laughs> to to mean something else. So I, yeah. I that's that's why I asked you to clarify that. But how did how did that kind of lead you into corporate America? Was was that a ladder that you climbed inside of the horticulture industry, or talk talk to that a little bit? Yeah, it 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 really. I guess it's it, I guess it started. <laughs> You know, all of this, this social, I mean, this, um, this climb towards corporate America and the desire to make something of myself, right? All Mm -hmm. that started around the time social media came of age. Because at this time, like when social media came of age, say like 2007, 2008, I had, I like, I had decided to move to North Carolina. I was... Like I was obs- at that time, um, I was just I was obsessed with 
old time music, fiddle and, and banjo. So I, I just decided that if I wanted to learn how to play that music, like I, the best way to do it is just like go there and yeah. find Immerse people and in. then learn. So, you, you know, that wasn't really part of the deal at that time, but like once social media came of age and like, I'm approaching the age of 30, I'm seeing my, all my old high school friends, I'm reconnecting with them on like MySpace and Facebook, you know, and, <laughs> And I'm realizing like, I'm just this 30 year old guy that just, I don't really own, I had an old, you know, early nineties Ford truck and a few banjos. And like, that was the extent of my possessions. Like I didn't, yeah. really, I just was, but I'm seeing people, you know, working, having these good jobs and raising families and living in homes with white picket fences with dog. And I'm realizing like, well, the American I, dream. I need, right? Yeah. Like I, I need to do this. I need to make something of myself. And so I decided that, 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 that I would, you know, like do that. And I would move back home. Um, yeah. My parents had recently purchased some land they were going to build there. And I was, I was going to move back home and, you know, get a, get a job with a couple local landscape companies and like do some design work. Um, and then just like grow a career, work locally and like do this thing with my parents. And then the housing crisis hit and like everything just kind of came to a halt and construction mm-hmm. stopped and like, or at least the, all the plans stopped. And we just, that, that like what's happening now um, was what kind of in a sense they, we all wanted to happen then, but it, it just didn't. So I went back to work and again, went back to one of these big companies in the green industry. And this is kind of where the epilepsy factors into the deal because, you know, I, I found an opportunity for like fast track into management with the Davy tree expert company. And, uh, I was into trees. I always was, that was, you know, when I went out to Colorado, I ended up working at a tree farm. So like I knew that I knew the deal and, um, and I knew trees and I knew, I just, I knew the game, but, in order to get into this position, like I had to work on a crew and climb and drive a truck, but I can't do that because I, I have epilepsy. I just can't get a CDL. I can't do any of that, um, like literally, uh, or at least safely. Right. Um, but they, the, the individual that I talked to saw something in me and he said, hey, you know, maybe you can't do this, but there's this other division that we have. And they only drive pickup trucks and it's forestry and, you know, it's lots of computers and like data work and nerd stuff. And you seem like you're interested in that. So (laughs) go talk to this guy. And I couldn't find that guy. So like, you know, I just went to the office and asked where the manager was and just walked into his office and said, this is, here's who I am. This is who I talk to. And this is why you should hire me. This is what I have to offer. And that mm-hmm. works. That approach works because I've done it multiple times. And I think that, you know, if you want something, under, understand, identify what you want, go after it, and then explain to people, what, it, it, it don't, don't apply online. Don't, don't do traditional things. Otherwise, you're going right. to get traditional results. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I, I don't you, know. That's really the question. I kind of went on a tangent there, but I think oh, that's no, important that's to understand. Yeah. If you, if you follow the path that most other people do do the same things i mean you're you're going to get the typical results if, if you yeah. want to be outstanding you, then you have to do outstanding things 
it's uh it makes a lot of sense but it, it can be a little intimidating overwhelming um whatever whatever adjective you want to use there to actually do things differently than most people absolutely it, it's hard to do that i mean it's you know we all want to stand out a little bit but we don't want to be that sore thumb that sticks out and and is way different than everybody else but yeah it's you definitely have to do things different than than other people so yeah, it's very uncomfortable at times but 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 being uh, becoming comfortable with that discomfort is is good yes yeah love it how at this point you're what uh a few years into the the green or the uh the corporate america side of things at what point did you decide that that wasn't exactly what you wanted in life and and where did you make the decision to leave that world like it's 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 pretty cl- it's pretty clear when when that when that transition happened cuz it all started to happen mentally you know i mm-hmm. the whole the whole career path uh t- took me all across the country um which was great you know i had a lot of cool experiences got a lot of travel ended up landing in southern california i mean you know i was living in laguna beach and then <laughs> ended up in like san diego so who wouldn't you know, love that? Yeah, right. I mean, I'm I'm kind of living the dream up in a canyon with my girlfriend until uh, I wasn't dating her anymore, and and then you know, like I'm just kind of on my own and uh, living in San Diego. And I, I kind of tell management at that time, like, look, I just I just broke up with my girlfriend. I just moved out. I need to get back in the field and just like look at lines all day and kind of you know if that's cool with you guys, I'll just like go be a field worker. And they were like, yeah, we get it. So at that time, you know, I discovered podcasts, right. And I already had like in the corporate world because I'm on the road a lot and I'm listening to the same talk radio everywhere, but I want (laughs) to listen to what I want to listen to. And at that time, like I discovered Dave Ramsey on the radio and that was refreshing because it wasn't just the same, you know, nonsense political uh, stuff. It was just a refreshing change of pace. So like, yeah, that's my first introduction to podcasts. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's 2010, I'm out in the field, I'm listening to podcasts all day. And I discover Jack Spierko of the survival podcast. So I'm, I, you know, I listen to this and I'm listening to this guy in Texas talk. That's making a lot of sense. And he's talking about things like permaculture and Liberty and freedom and, and, and not in a way that, that, that like kooks talk about, you know, those right. guys, like yeah. it's sensible stuff. And I realized that, you know, this, 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 this thing that we were talking about with this land just a few years ago, it didn't happen. There's still, it's still just vacant land, but I start talking about this and sharing this stuff with my parents, everything that I'm learning and they're, they're into it they understand and they, 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 they want to, they see the potential that the land has to offer. And they say, let's, let's, let's do this. So I, I say, yeah, all right. So I start putting together an exit strategy in California, which, you know, working in the field actually involves going back into the corporate world to, to make more money faster, to get myself back here. And, and ultimately in, in, in a long, right roundabout way I did to work at a family farm tree farm again back in Ohio in 2014 
<laughs> only to realize that as that tree, as that small family business grew and developed, like I thought I'd, it, I'd escaped the corporate world at that time. I thought I had the dream job, like, you know, 15 minute commute, basically doing whatever I want, delivering results, you know, showed up mm. at this place who I am. This is what I can do. You know, when, 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 when you're running, uh, okay. Mm. Um, it wasn't a good fit. I stayed there for a long time and I realized that as the company grew and developed that corporate culture, like just entered back in because when you don't go out of your way to actively create a culture or personally in our lives, set goals for ourselves when right. we don't create our own influence, like influence will be created for us. Nature abhors a void. It will always be filled. And if you don't fill it, it may be filled with something you don't like. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was why I left uh, ultimately the, the, the corporate world that I found myself in again, which I tried to escape, but because none of it, none of it, ultimately aligned with my life path, which involves freedom and, 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 and trying to deliberately, uh, construct, you know, this, this Liberty that, that I desire. Like, mm -hmm. so I, 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 I left it behind. Now were, were you someone that was always kind of leaning that direction? I mean, you mentioned, uh, early on, fresh out of high school, you realize that you could do, do work that you enjoy doing. Were you, did you always tend that way to try to find things that you enjoy doing and make a, make money doing that? Or like, what were there influences in your life? Like parents, a mentor, podcast books that kind of kept that progression going for you. What, what were some of the keys there? my dad your dad yeah yeah and it's simple um because he he would he would tell me that do what you love and do it well and the money will come mm. and see what i'm realizing now is and, and and the only change in that statement i would make is do what you love do it well and the wealth will come because wealth involves but is not limited to money right there's a lot of different aspects to wealth for sure right. yeah, so that, that that was a big my my father was a big uh a, a a big proponent of 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 me following following my passion and uh and no matter what it was um doing it to the best of your ability, like just, mm -hmm. just doing it optimally. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I, I love hearing stories like that. You know, to, today's world has, uh, or today's society, I should say, has tried to minimize the effect that men have on uh, not only their families, but their community and society at large. And, you know, it, it, it hurts to see strong men being taken out of that because 
what's what's the saying? Strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make bad times. Bad times make strong men. So it seems like there is always been that progression and and you know for the last 20 30 40 years i think it's been devolving into the the weak men and coming up to the bad times thing and and we really need strong men to get through that so i I love hearing when when someone's dad is a huge influence for them my dad also is is a big influence on my life i mean i'm thankful to still have him around so that's that's an amazing testimony you have there to to how fathers strong fathers can influence you to to doing work you love to to leading a life that actually makes a difference for people it 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 is important um and i'm 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 lucky you know now to be in a a position where i i work with with my dad regularly and you know even even if people aren't in a position where you know their their parents aren't around or their 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 fathers aren't around or or whatever. I think that, I think that it's important to be involved with uh, all generations in life. And you can do that through involvement with your church, with local fraternal organizations, volunteer organizations. It's important to have this, this natural community of all um, demographics in your life, because that's, that's, that's a natural way of living. And that's something that we've gotten away from. And like you said, yeah, that, that mentorship, that leadership, having that in your life and then being that for someone is, is, is important. And that's something that we've gotten away from. And I think that that is a, a big testament or, or a big contributing factor to why things are the way they are, at least for people like us that, that see them that way. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's I, I always have to go back to a story I heard of um a herd of elephants over in Africa. They started thinning out the yeah. thinning out the herd in the area and taking out all the older elephants because they thought there was too many of them. Well, the young male elephants started becoming very destructive and killing people, destroying villages and all that and they soon realized that the reason for it was, was because they took out the older calming influence that the, that the elder elephants had. So yeah. it's the same way in society today. We've gotten away from the, the two, three, four generation households where, you know, maybe the parents are out working a lot, don't have time to care for the kids. Well, today we have schools that are, that are our default <laughs> babysitters, but a hundred years ago, 200, 500 years ago, it was the grandparents, the great grandparents <laughs> right. that would care for the families and, and pass on traditions. And I'm not saying you always have to stick to all traditions. Not all traditions are good, but a lot of tradition is good. It, it brings up stronger people. No, and there's a- <laughs> I love seeing the movement back towards community, back to family. I hate that we've gotten away from that, but, but. I think yeah, there's was, a lot kind of to be, a rabbit trail there. <laughs> yeah. I think there's, I, I just think there's a lot to be said for, for tradition and, and uh, in, in our lives, I think that, uh, mm-hmm. that there's just some, some good value in, in, in having yeah. some construct there with that. Right. For sure. And like, I'm someone who loves, 
I don't know if, what do you call it? Modern amenities. Like I, I love technology. Oh, yeah. I love what it can do for us. Yeah. And like this. That, right. Exactly. Right. The, the two, the tradition and the, the, the modern things often clash. And so it seems like you, you can either have one or you can have the other, but there has to be a way to have both so that you and I can have a conversation and, you know, you can, you can progress in a good way without losing the good things that tradition has to offer for sure. Absolutely. So what, um, you, you mentioned moving back to Ohio, I think it was, is that right? right. Kind of what was your pro your progress going through it? Like going through what a lot of people are calling the great resignation. Like, <laughs> how was that for you? <laughs> It was, it was interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd read about this phenomenon. I'd been hearing about it. There was definitely a big uptick in what people are calling the great resignation over the past mm -hmm. couple of years. Was that and, something and, you first heard on, uh, through Dan Miller? I think he's the one I, who I've heard talking about it the most. Pro probably, you know, uh, yeah. that's of, of, the online communities that, that I'm involved in, I, I, I try to be involved there a lot. So yeah, mm -hmm. if, if that's ringing a bell with you, then most likely that's where I heard it too. Yeah. Um, and you know, over the past, Oh yeah. When I moved back here prior to the great resignation, what's worth pointing out is I went down the, 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 the permaculture, trail man i Ooh. i went in hard and ch and and spent years chasing other people's dreams and going deep into debt like tens of thousands of dollars into debt living a life that i thought i should be living but it was the absolute antithesis of sustainability and regenerative anything because hmm. it was all being fueled by debt and it didn't work for me and maybe it worked for other people, but like that was not the way for me. So like yeah. about five what years was it ago, like? was that, was that yeah. going through um, like permaculture courses or, or like when mm -hmm. you say you, you chase that hard oh, dude, and ended up yeah. in debt, like you name it, man. Yeah. PDCs, courses, conferences, um, uh, uh, new computers, tools, uh, I, I built a, I built a, I went through, uh, I built a high tunnel, you know, went through the whole NRCS equip thing, built a high mm -hmm. tunnel, got reimbursed partially, but built one on steroids, you know, and then just yeah. bought a truck. Yeah. I mean, whatever, you know, like, <laughs> and not yeah. just a truck, like it needed a three quarter tron. <laughs> so, you know, it's just silly. I just, I went yeah. bananas. And then once I realized that, no, this is not sustainable. I just, I was like, whoa, I kind of hit burnout 2.0 in life. And I put the brakes on hard and, and, and decided to attend Financial Peace University in 2017. And I went back and attended another course in 2018. And then I went back and attended another course in 2019. Mm -hmm. And then to have the ultimate accountability partner, uh, I decided to coordinate a course in 2020 you know, right before things got weird. And then I yeah. did that again and again. And by continued involvement in that, like that was the first 
step because I got out of debt. I paid it all off. I went through the baby steps. I got into baby step three. I had my emergency fund. And then all of a sudden, you know, once you, once you get there, once you have no debt, once you have no consumer debt, no credit card debt, no car payments, once you are in a position like that, Ken, it becomes wild what, how your thought processes begin to change because then you begin to understand what freedom actually mm-hmm. can be. Yeah. And that is the biggest, one of the, the biggest chains that bind us. So, you know, all of a sudden, I've got this emergency fund and I realized that I'm not, I'm not sure I'm on board with some of the decisions that are being made where I'm working. I'm I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, I'm being listened to or people value my opinion or I'm not sure I'm a good fit anymore here. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, I realized no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. it's, <laughs> it's, it's time for me to go. The timing wasn't right. It wasn't what I planned. It wasn't in line with the goals that I'd set the time frames that I had, but, yeah. but sometimes, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta, you, you know, we make plans for a reason. We live our lives with the purpose that we do for a reason. And even though things don't necessarily work out, the way that we want to, or the time with in the time that we want to, sometimes we just need to pull the proverbial trigger and say, nah, man, this time is now. And that time was about six months ago. And, um, it, uh, I, 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 I felt conflicted doing it because, you know, in the green industry, spring is like, it's go time. It's, it's the busy season. And I left like peak season, man. I just, uh, <laughs> sorry, this isn't working out for me anymore. Yeah. Um, when you got to you know? go, you got to go. It's time. Yeah. So it, 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 and, and, and that, that, that was it. So that was, that was the great resignation, you know, I, for, for me personally, just, just to kind of conclude that thought, none of it, none of it would have been possible uh, if it wasn't for being, uh, obtaining the, the, the debt freedom that I was able to obtain and the manner in which I did was through financial peace. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. What was some of the biggest challenges that you faced, um, you know, resigning from that 20 year career in, in that industry and, and what was it that kind of allowed you, you know, along with the, the debt freedom, were there other aspects or other elements that allowed you to successfully transition to becoming your own boss? Yeah. I mean, some of the challenges, the challenges were just, you know, I, I had been at this particular tree farm for eight years. I'd been there since 2014. Mm-hmm. I developed strong relationships with people that, that I cared about, you know, yeah, uh, we were all part of each other's lives. And uh, that, so, you know, I think, I think challenges just, generally speaking in life come from the biggest challenges oftentimes come from relationships and communication. Um, the transition to employment was, was easy. 
uh, well, it was made easier just simply due to the fact that I, I had, I had obtained, uh, I'd reached some financial goals that I set and, and, Mm -hmm. and and that's kind of where it's at is, you know, goals. And I think that goals are just, just, just critical, man. And they are, they, they, you can't get any, another thing my old man said is, um, if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to know when you get there. Yeah. So without goals, we're just, we're effectively just wandering aimlessly. Yeah. Do you talk to people who say, Oh, I don't really set goals. I just do. Sure. I talk to (laughs) less of them now than I used to. (laughs) What, what do you say to those people who, don't really have an interest in setting goals. Very little. Very little. Is there anything you can say to help them to, to shift their perspective on it or to do you just no. do and, and hope that they um, somehow see the light? Yeah. Uh, there's nothing I can say. I don't think yeah. there's anything that we can say. Um, you know, everybody's got to reach a point in their life, you know, alcoholics or drug addicts or whatever, we'll call it rock bottom, you know, those of us who focus our lives intently on our careers, we'll call mm-hmm. it burnout. Um, yeah. Whatever the case may be, you've got to reach a point in your life where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And then you will make a change. And then you will, you know, figure out a way to uh, make that change effectively. Otherwise, yeah. if you don't, the reality is, and this is something that most people don't really want to understand or accept is that we all make choices. And if we choose to like not do something, you know, it means that we're choosing to stay in our current situation and environment because we want that more than we want the other thing. Mm-hmm. That's a reality. So, yeah, you know, you're not happy, uh, set goals and take action. And if the way in which you're doing so isn't working, then connect with other people who are doing similar things, find out what they're doing and, and, and change. Mm-hmm. What's the process for you of setting goals? Like a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, I have a goal of whatever, losing pounds or, or having, you know, four real four rental houses in in three years and, and all of that but they never actually follow through on anything is there a process to actually effectively setting goals and and achieving it or, or how do you go about that there is now it i struggled with it for a long time and i you know goals were always important in the corporate world and all this and i always thought that there was some applicability with what i was learning back then in life, but it wasn't, like I said before, it was this issue of like finding balance or being unable to find balance. Um, a few years ago in the, in the whole podcast spheres over the years, I also was listening to Dan Miller's podcast, especially during the times when I was unhappy with my life and work and mm-hmm. found a lot of inspiration in that heard about the, the Eagles community. And then once I decided, or not once I well, yeah, once I got out of debt, I decided to check that out and see what it was all about. Learned about this goal setting guide, which identifies 
seven different areas in our lives to set goals, physical, financial, um, for, I'm sorry, in order, financial, physical, personal development, family, spiritual, social, and career. Working mm. through them in that order, looking three years out, one year out, and ultimately what we can do today and breaking it down into simple, measurable elements. And then, like I said, working through it in that order and understanding that our career is this. These are all like this is these are Dan Miller's words. Understanding that our career is a uh, result of the six different aspects of our life coming coming together. And uh, mm-hmm. so that that that's been that is what I I've been using for the past couple of years. That was an integral component of me being able to do what I did this year with leaving my job and doing things that, uh, yeah, were just mildly uncomfortable and didn't really fit my time frame. It 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 allowed. It allowed that, that, that book and the process outlined within allowed me to, you know, adapt over, overcome, improvise, and just deal with, deal with mm. life on life terms. And I'm, yeah. I'm going through that process again right now. <laughs> it's a continual process. I don't, yeah. I don't think that there is ever a, I finally made it. It's a, it's <laughs> always a process that, I mean, it's, it's a continual cycle. And if you ever stop, you you go back to where you were before i think and it's yeah. uh it's a continual growth like you have to keep pushing forward keep improving keep setting those goals if you ever reach a point of complacency i mean you're done like <laughs> at I least no boss that used to say if you're not rob if you're not growing you're dying and i i, I always <laughs> used to hate that but but all of a sudden it one day it clicked, it clicked. yeah he's right yeah, if you look at nature, if you look at nature, you see that all the time. Like if it's not growing, it's dying. <laughs> yeah. So what have you, since you quit your, your, in the corporate world, you quit the, the other industry you were in, started your own or went back to the family business. Have you seen some of the successes that you've wanted? Like what's, what's that been like being self-employed? Has it gone how you expected how you hoped and planned what's some of the experiences there and challenges of being self-employed and what's the best thing about that for you kind of a multi-part question there yeah yeah (laughs) well i mean some of the some of the challenges you know are like just trying to navigate things like insurance health insurance and 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 you know, how to structure your taxes and just doing things that normally were like taken care of for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to figure all that out, but, and it sounds really intimidating at first, but you know what? It's, it's, it's not, you just, you just got to start, you just got to start doing it. And then, um, are things going, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of weird because there's a lot of, I'm self-employed, but effectively my biggest uh, customer client, if you will, is the family business mm. um, because it, at this point in time, as that, it, that's, I've got to, I've got to try to do more right now to generate some more income and until we grow that to a point where it's 
you know, just, but I, I never, I'm also learning that I want to continue to diversify some of the things that I'm doing because this turns into all your eggs in one basket type of thing. And that's just, so it's it, the, the, the challenges are just really learning how to kind of restructure your life and, uh, and live it differently. But, but some of the good things are that, um, the freedom that, that, that comes along with that, you know, I can, I can do when, when I wish, uh, my commute is literally the amount of time it takes me to walk next door into the kitchen. If, mm-hmm. if that's what I'm doing, or it's just, uh, it's every, everything that the good things are everything that you hear about on social media from the entrepreneurs. The bad <laughs> things are everything that they don't talk about. Yeah. You know, and there's, a, there's a lot of that. And I think that, I think it's important to, to, well, you know, one, one, one great reference or one good uh, little thing to listen to about, you know, starting a business and some of the challenges are Jack Spearco did a, did a live stream on this just a, uh, maybe a couple, three weeks ago on how difficult it is and why, how much it sucks. These are good <laughs> things to, to be aware of because it's, you yeah. know, you may think that you want it. And I was kind of in that situation years ago when I like started the business and did all this ridiculous crap and went into debt. You know, I wasn't doing business for the right reasons to serve customers. I was doing it to like serve my own ego. And that's Mm -hmm. bad. Yeah. You have to have have a purpose outside of yourself. Yes. Otherwise you'll burn out quick. (laughs) I, I know that all too well. So you've got, you've got a podcast, the all around growth podcast. What, what's up with that? Is that a, uh, is that a passion project? Is that something that goes along with the business? Yeah, it's really a passion project that has, has changed. It, it, it began in September of 2020. Um, I had, I had been doing some other, you know, experiments with, with podcasts and, and video blogs and things like that. But but after after that year and 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 the way things were going and the way people were reacting, all of this like you know writing and content creation of the past made me feel like no man I've got something to say, and so I'm just I'm gonna say it. And I, you know, a lot of people start up their little thing in their car, so that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And it 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 start what what started as like a passion project form of kind of like talk therapy turned into this 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 thing like i realized well this is stupid this this has no direction like no what are you doing so it it turned into like providing tools and resources to build the life and homestead of your dreams and this is where i started integrating the goal setting workbook and and all these things that i was learning in life into the podcast, which was titled mm. all around growth, because it, all, I soon learned that these seven aspects of this goal setting workbook are seven aspects of life that we can use to grow all around and really live a balanced, right. like comprehensive life. And it seemed to just fit naturally. So I, I took a lot of inspiration from Dan Miller books that he wrote like rudder of the day, um, other 
daily devotionals and just use that as fodder for podcast content to keep my own spirits up when they were not. And then lately, can you work with the 48 Days community and trying to find further direction for the show? I, I, I did some work with Eric Johnson and um, of the podcast talent coach, and he, he helped me realize that what I'm doing with my life, what I'm doing with the show and what's taking place here on the homestead with the family business is all like this too. So a big part of the show is the family business and vice versa. And it's all now it, it, it is less of this, this talk therapy, but, but really what's going on a, a lot of what's going on here um, on the homestead, what's going on with life, how we can, how we can make it all work and, um, and, and trying to, trying to move the podcast in that direction. So we're, we're just talking a lot about, you know, here, the homestead um, interviews with people that are engaging here, like our tenant farmer, Cody, um, just, just a, a, a lot going on. It's, it's a, mm-hmm. less of a, less of a documentary passion project of sorts, but really trying to find ways to, to make it of value and, 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 and worth listening to. And I think that's, right. um, I think a lot of the, the talk about goals has, it's, it, you know, it, with podcasts, I guess the long and short of it is this, like I got so much value out of listening to podcasts over the years in doing the various things that I was doing, you know, time spent late nights listening to someone saying you can do it. So maybe this is just a way that I can give back what was freely given to me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in turn, you know, there's a, there's a small community of people that are um, growing and developing with the show. We're going to do a live stream on Friday talking about that with everybody, okay. anybody who cool. wants to join. Um, Will that be an nice- ongoing thing or is that a specific to this coming Friday? Uh, I'm going to try and make live streams like a weekly live stream an ongoing thing awesome. and just do nice. that consistently. Um, lots of support with the show. And, and one cool thing about the community that's forming is, you know, you know, a lot of the people in the community, the, the, all of these communities inter, you know, they're interwoven with one another and, and people, people are there. It's, 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 it's wonderful. So I, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate well, first of all, I appreciate you, Ken, and the opportunity to, you know, come and participate in this with with you and, and your community. And I just, I love being a part of everything that's taking place with all of these various communities because there's so many mm-hmm. people that are doing good work that are motivating and inspiring me. And I hope to, my goal is just to be to to be uh, one more of them. Yep, another encouraging voice out there. We yeah. we need a lot more of those. I mean, it's, it's, it's so there's a lot of them out there. And I know sometimes like you mentioned where a lot of us are in the same communities, it can seem like a bunch of different echo chambers from the same thing. Mm-hmm. But the more that, the more that we have people with uh, maybe saying the same message, but we all have a slightly different perspective, slightly different spin on that message it can encourage a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. So that's, I really like to see that. That's absolutely. Echo chambers is kind of a weird word. It sort of has a negative connotation, but 
you know, if you're actively trying to grow and repattern your life, then placing yourself in uh, echo chambers with purpose, you know, deliberately, and then removing yeah. yourself from ones that no longer serve you. Those, yeah. th- these are good places to be. You know, yeah, and, yeah. I'm not. I'm definitely not trying to, to no, no, say no. an echo chamber is a bad thing. Like, yeah. we, I think that terms come out because so often it is negative because negative things tend to get repeated a lot quicker, but we need more of the positive echo chambers. Exactly. Like exactly. People are repeating the positive message to more and more people. That's, that's, that's where it's at. <laughs> that's how you create real change. Where can people find and connect with you? Well, one, one last question. <laughs> sure. uh, how has faith affected your a lot of the decisions you've made in life, your family business, how has that had an impact on your life? It's impacted my life tremendously. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's something we could talk about at great length and, and, and I'm interested in that. Uh, now is maybe not that time. I was born and raised in a church. I got to a point where I wasn't happy with that. Found myself feeling a void, continued to explore spiritually for decades. Mm -hmm. And realized that in my, 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 my efforts to get involved in the community locally, well, it's going, getting involved in a church seemed like a good thing to do. And for those of us who follow financial peace university, tithing and giving is an important thing. And that seems like a sensible thing to do. And if you really want to get out of debt, man, I can't stress that enough. You've got to give to receive full stop. But, you know, uh, Oh God, I lost my train of thought. Um, how faith has impacted. Oh yes. Yes, sir. Thank you. And in my, my, it was, you know, financial peace and then getting involved in the church just to be a part of something bigger than myself opened up that door in my heart and got me understanding that it wasn't so much community that I saw it. I thought it was, but that was like the gateway. And I realized that that all of this is not about like what I want to do in life, what my passion is, what my goals are. When I began to reframe my life and try to understand that maybe trying to figure out what God's purpose is for me in this life is, then things became a little more palatable, a little easier to understand. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, again, that, that we, we, we could talk it for hours about this because I think that, um, I think that now we are uh, societally, pushed away from faith, from the church, from, for all kinds of reasons. There's all sorts of reasons you can find that why these things are bad. 
if you want to see it that way, you will. But if you want to connect, period, consider finding a church and consider talking with people, not necessarily a priest or someone of the cloth. Consider mm-hmm. talking to someone like you or me and just have a conversation about it because it's not scary and intimidating. It doesn't have to be. It can really expose us to so much more. And uh, we, I, I believe that um, I, I just, I, I need that. You know, I, I find, I find strength in Christ and I, I feel more comfortable when uh, people ask me about it because I do take pride in that and I wish mm-hmm. more people would. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. And, and like you said, you can, that conversation can go so many different ways and yeah. hours long. We may have to uh, get back together another time to, to continue that, that aspect of the conversation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it um but I th- we're nearing an hour today i don't yes. want to take up a whole lot more of your time where can people find you and connect with you and, and follow along with what you've got going on the easiest way is to go to allaroundgrowth.co and that that's just a bank of all the podcast episodes to date telegram group t.me slash allaroundgrowth or just check out All Around Growth on social media anywhere. The YouTube channel is new, so check that out and subscribe to that. And also check out the live stream Friday. But All Around Growth, everywhere, that's where you'll find us. Awesome. Rob, I appreciate your time today. It's been a good conversation. We'll do this again. I appreciate your time, Ken. Thank you. It, it has been a good conversation.